Welcome to Bucks Insider Live. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith, and we have more free agency news to talk about. I love this time of I year. I thought this was supposed to be quiet this year. It, yeah, I, it we had no been. money. We weren't going to do anything, right? right? Wasn't that the, yeah, the sentiment? Out, yeah, and then now on. we've got all this news, which is so exciting. Let's start, of course, with the Baker Mayfield signing. He's now officially met with the media, and you know, last week when we did the show, it was sort of like there were reports we couldn't talk about yet. So now we can talk about it. Tell me your initial thoughts on bringing Baker Mayfield in and what you think uh, his his participation could be in this team, what he could bring, his experience, and, and just kind of what fans might not know about him I at think this point. It, I think the move makes sense for both the team and the player. The Bucks obviously needed some sort of veteran competition at the very least for Kyle Trask. And you have a guy that has started in this league quite a bit. And Baker, I mean, look around the league. Where else could he have gone with as clear of an opportunity to compete for a starting job? You know, it's not being given to him. They've made it extremely clear, especially to him, that this is a competition. Mm -hmm. So Kyle Trask could win that job. Baker Mayfield could win that job. But where else was Baker going to go for this clear cut of an opportunity? Yeah, and to have the kind of weapons the Bucks have, yeah. you know, that if you're going to try to compete for a starting job, then you care about what's going to be sure. there if you win it. And, and Yeah, he's looking forward to throwing the ball to Mike and Chris. He called them dogs. I love that. Which is true. Now, what you're hoping for, obviously, is that you get the 2020 version of Baker Mayfield. And, you know, in 2021, he struggled with a shoulder injury. Who knows how much that affected him, but it wasn't as good of a year. Last year with Carolina, didn't really work out. And then he kind of had a little renaissance there at the end with the Rams, particularly starting less than 48 hours after he got there and helping them beat the, the Raiders. But if you can get the 2020 version of Baker Mayfield, which is not that long ago, this is pretty good. I mean, he led his team to the playoffs. First time they'd been in playoffs in like 18 years. 62.8% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, and that touchdown to interception ratio is what you're looking for. That was, that's what hasn't been there in the majority of in his other seasons, that really good touchdown to interception ratio, too many picks in other seasons. But, man, if you can get that, and, and there's no reason why that can't happen, right? I mean, the, the circumstances were probably really good in Cleveland that particular year, but I think you've got a similar thing here with the Buccaneers. So, you know, it's... Who knows, right? It's not like the Buccaneers know for sure that Baker Mayfield's going to play that good, but there's there's a chance, there's a shot. It's totally worth the roll of the dice, I think. And it's I think it's going to be so fun to watch a quarterback competition that I was thinking my time here with the Bucks. I haven't watched that. We were that. talking about that the other day. Yeah, how long has it been since there's been a quarterback competition? And man, talk about training camp storylines that are fun to watch and yeah. you know reasons to come out and, and come to practice. Yeah. It's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, 2012, there was... There was Josh Freeman and, and Mike Glennon, but I don't think we knew it was a competition. We didn't know that Greg Shiano wanted to get rid of Josh Freeman, so it took like three games in the season. 2009, when Josh Freeman was drafted, you had him and Byron Leftwich and Josh Johnson. And maybe in May, you didn't know who was going to start, but it really wasn't a big competition in training camp. So I really can't tell you. Maybe Vinny Testaverde and Chris Chandler back in the early 90s. There just haven't been a lot of these QB competitions. So it's, it's kind of interesting. It is. It'll it's, make for an interesting camp for sure. It is, which is, you know. We kind of enjoy the interesting storylines yeah. over now, here. Yeah, you know, you really don't want to have quarterback competitions a lot, right? Because yeah. you want to have a good, solid, settled quarterback. But hey, if we don't have that in Tom Brady anymore, then this could be the next best thing. Yep, I agree. Um, and also another addition for free agency: the Bucks now have a new running back. Tell mm -hmm. us about this addition and, and what you think that that role could yeah. be. Looking at especially with Rashad White. I'm going to do the same thing I did with um, with Baker Mayfield there, and I don't mean to be cherry picking here and saying you know picking a one time they were good and saying that's that, but it, you can understand why the Buccaneers would sign these players because they have reason to believe they can be that version of themselves. Chase Edmonds spent four pretty good years in Arizona. Then last year signed with Miami, and Miami signed about a thousand running backs, give or take a few. And so it never really he never really got much of a role there in Miami and got traded to Denver, whose offense was a mess too. So if you write that off and go back to his last full season in Arizona, that was 2021. Again, not very long ago. These are his per game and per carry averages. So that's about 
75 yards a game. Would you take 75 yards of scrimmage yes, from your I backup would. running back yes, per game? And uh, yards per carry is good, yards per reception. You don't see yards for touch very often. You know, that's yards for all his carries and catches combined. You just don't see that step very often. So is 5.7 good? Do you have any idea? Is 5.7 good? It's, it's pretty good it's for pretty running good, back. Yeah. Last year, um, our guy, Leonard Fournette, was 4.5. Rashad White was 5.0. Saquon Barkley was 4.7, Josh Jacobs 5.2, Nick Chubb. I'm not saying he's Josh Jacobs or Nick Chubb. I'm just saying there's reason to believe he can give you good quality uh, snaps on offense and, and be an asset to that offense. Yeah, I think I saw that, what is it, he and Saquon Barkley are the only ones from that draft class that have, what is it, 1,500 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. I didn't yards, see that both. one. Good one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty okay. cool. I mean, anytime it's you and Saquon Barkley, <laughs> yeah. I'll take that stat exactly. anytime. Um, and so, yeah, what do you see as the way potentially he and Rashad White kind of get used off of each other? How could they help each other mm -hmm. potentially and, and just now again we have a new offensive coordinator yeah. we don't know as much about what the offense overall could look like except he did say he really wants to emphasize right. that run game he does want to make sure that we have a running game which we haven't had for the last couple of years and so I think that means you know like most teams you're running backs you do have a number one Rashad White's your number one but you have several that you use quite a bit during the game and most teams are like that most teams don't have one Saquon Barkley that they ride on every snap or Derrick Henry so you need a couple guys and I could see him especially especially carving out a third down roll. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. I would imagine, although I can't say I know for sure, that having played that role in his career pretty steadily, he's probably a good pass blocker as well. Has to be in order to be the third down guy. Rashad White catches the ball well, but I don't know if he's your every down third down guy. So at the very least, I think he can be that. Okay, and then uh, I know we also had another uh, signing, Cam Gill. This is a, a guy that's been with us before, and I feel like this is definitely gonna be one of those um, under the radar signings sure. in terms of just name recognition, all of right. that. But for me, I'm actually really intrigued and me excited too. by this. This is a guy that I think we've both been kind of fascinated by, mm -hmm. has an interesting story. So tell people a little bit about what this yeah, signing is. Yeah, real small be. school guy. I think Wagner, if mm -hmm. I remember correctly. Um, you know, he came in, made the roster as an undrafted free agent out of Wagner as his, in his rookie year. Didn't really play a lot. And then very notably, got his very first sack ever in the Super Bowl half and half with Indomitian Sioux. But then in 2021, only played maybe 100 snaps of defense, but did have a sack and a half, had some quarterback pressures. And last year going into training camp, uh, you, you know, we eventually signed Carl Nassib and mm -hmm. Jannard Avery, right? But the plan was he was going to be the fourth guy in your OLB rotation, which means he would have played a handful of snaps. And then had it been that way, when Shaq got hurt, he would have moved up into the third role and would have played a lot. A lot more. Instead, he had a Liz Frank injury in his right foot in the first preseason game, was gone for the year, and the Bucks eventually signed Carl Nassib and Jannard Avery. But um, he was intended to, be, to have a pretty significant role. And so we'll see if he can do that again. He plays on special teams as well. Yeah, and I, I think it's also good to emphasize not only like what you said about him being an undrafted guy who was able to make the roster, it was in the COVID year where there was right. like no off season. <laughs> yeah. So I think about what a limited time this guy had. It's already the, the, the no deck is games. stacked against you. Yeah in terms of even having you know that ability yeah. no matter what when you're undrafted but when there's almost no snaps that speaks so highly to what he does and then you see it when he gets in the game so few snaps and he makes that mark that yeah. he's a guy that no matter like how little he's given he makes something of it it reminds me kind of of what we talked about with Mike Edwards of where he may not have played as much but every time he was in it felt like he got an interception that Cam Gill kind yeah. of feels like that to me of when he may not play that many snaps but when he gets in there he makes a mark you know who else uh came in the league as an undrafted guy and kind of waited his chance to get a shot, Shaq Barrett. That's true. That's yeah. a, and what a great guy to learn from yeah. in recent years. We do years. have a couple bits of news that we can talk about. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, I've been told, you know, I know we've been said, said several times, we really, before the team announces things, you kind of have to sit on a little bit like we did with Baker Mayfield last year. But I am led to believe that 
Greg Gaines, the defensive lineman from the Rams, is going to officially sign today with the Buccaneers. And Levante David, thank goodness, is going to officially sign. So uh, that's probably going to happen today. Yes. So. Well, and the, the Greg Gaines one is interesting just in general. Where do you see our defensive line at this point and in terms of who we have, who is that, you know, how much of a position is that going to be where they might still need to add some pieces mm -hmm. and, you know, just how those snaps are yeah. going to be shared at this point? Well, you've already lost Raheem Nunez Rochez mm -hmm. or Nacho uh, to the Giants. So at the very least, it's a one for one replacement there. And Nacho played a lot, you know, mm -hmm. especially when Vito get, would get banged up. Real good backup nose tackle. I think Greg Gaines probably has a little bit more of a pass rush to him. He's got eight and a half sacks in the last couple of years. Really kind of didn't get a lot of playing time his first couple of years, but has the last two and has really kind of, you know, emerged as a pretty decent guy in there to give you, he, he's sturdy and, and good against the run, but he gives a little bit of a pass rush too. Him and Vita Vea played together for three years at Washington and, and their stats for those three years were practically identical. Yeah, the, our scouts love them, some Washington yeah, guys, do, and right? we've been able to see why. They've They're done, all up and down the line. It's incredible. Yeah. And then, I mean, even Kate Otten, right? That's right, and but I'm also was thinking you meant Joe Triantz, right? Yes, that's it. but I was just saying in general, like our yeah. team overall, they're just collecting these guys. <laughs> yeah. They've done pretty and, well. Uh, yeah, so that's a good addition, and obviously we're thrilled out Levante. Yes, yes, everyone is excited for that. All right, well, we are going to also record our road to the draft after this. So for all these moves that we just talked about and more, we're going to discuss how they might affect what the Bucks are or are not going to do in the draft. So make sure you stay tuned for that later on on Buccaneers.com, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.